Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. We're looking at action for change and why some do and most don't. And I believe that uh, scripture gives us the clue and uh, really unveils information for us to be successful in life. I do not believe that God created us to be failures. I do not believe that God, even in his plan uh, since the beginning of Genesis all the way through and Israel and all their failures, I never believed it was his desire for them to stay in the wilderness. I do not believe that a lot of failures we've seen was God's will for them to fail Uh, for kings to be evil, for judges to forget their Lord. I don't believe any of that was, quote, the will of God, but it is people's choices. And that's what God has given us, the ability to choose. And everybody in here, if you understand it or not, you are where you're at because of the choices you've made, period. You don't like it, whatever. I don't, it just doesn't matter. It's your choice. And so what we do is we have to understand that so we have to understand that. And understanding gets you to the place where you're no longer just living uh, this subconscious life where you continually to make the same mistakes over and over and over, but that you get connected to the conscious way of life, and that is, I need to stop this. And I need to move on into something different than what I'm doing right now. And we, we uh, followers of Jesus, should be following Jesus, amen? We should be living up to what his word has taught us. And it's like uh, last week during a Resurrection Sunday, our Easter service, where we learned that the, the power of the church was based upon their belief that Jesus rose again, that he was alive. That, that's all that empowered them. And um, it, it's it's. It's opening up the truth in a way that, that shows you more than our assumptions. And when you start really looking at the Word of God in a, in a historical way and in a way that's correct, you start realizing, man, they didn't have anything that we do, and they were able to continue on. I mean, this day and age, we've got, you know, five Bibles at home. We've got churches on every corner. We've got churches on, on YouTube, on live stream. We've got it on TV. We've got them on radio. And, you know, we're afraid to let people know, you know, we follow Jesus at lunch because they won't eat lunch with us anymore. And we got all that. It's almost like, man, get rid of it all and just believe, I believe Jesus is alive. And all of a sudden, we'll start walking in power. But these things are something that I don't know. Um, for me, they, they made me wake up and, and start really paying attention to this, this word of God in a, in a correct way, in a right way. And by doing that, I've been able to engage into the truths that I believe that God not only wants to reveal to me, but to us all. And there, it's information that works on Mondays, and that's what we're about, right? You know, because we all can play church. We can all act, you know, uh, Christianese and speak the lingo. Hallelujah, praise your Lord, brother. And then we go, oh, there's a spiritual Christian. Listen to him. Oh, wait a minute. Let's see for reals. Oh, yeah, they got a bumper sticker that says Jesus is Lord. 
and they're wearing a t-shirt that says, you know, whatever. The point is, is we have to recognize our responsibility to live life according to his way and his will. And by doing that, we don't become more freaky spiritual. We become more strong, stable. And that's what we need in life more than anything else because ultimately, our testimony is the life we live, not the life we say. Amen? Parents, that's common sense principle right there. Okay? So we know, we know just because of every year I make mention of this, but I mean, as far as statistically, less than 25% make it to the 30 days of a, of a New Year's resolution. After that, 8% from the 25% make it through the full year. What does that tell you? Majority fail. Now, do we set off with the desire and the understanding that we're going to fail? No, we have a passion and desire to see change. I believe it's in everybody's heart to be better or to do better or to have better. I believe everybody's that way. I know a lot of people, because of it not happening, they have the tendency to shrink inside and to say, well, I can't expect anything. But I tell you what's on the inside truly is they wish it would. Now, they might not speak it out, and they might not make a resolution, but I know on the inside, they wish it would change. But because of failure and having failure for so long, people stop making those resolutions, or they stop making a, a, a confession of faith, or they stop believing for something better. You know, I know marriages, just being the pastor as long as I have, you have marriages that, you know, they'll, they'll work through it and they'll fail and they'll work through it and fail and they'll work through it and give up. And that, they'll just quit. Why? Well, because we've tried. Well, you, that's the problem with the human nature. See, we assume that it, it's, it, ha, it hasn't worked for three times. We quit. It hasn't worked. We set the number of when it has to happen. And, and that is, that's the deception of the enemy. Because he's going to come a-knocking. He's going to come talking to you. So you gave that fool three weeks, and they haven't changed yet. What's up with that? You might as well call it quits, because it ain't going to happen. And so the enemy comes in, and but see, the, the, God doesn't speak that way. And you ought to thank God because he hasn't quit on you. Amen. And you all messed up. No matter how perfect you think you are, you all messed up. Amen. And so we realize that, and we got to go, come on. I, I want the information to get to this next level. I want to get to the next level. Now, in here, I put intent, won't, initiative, will. Intent will never carry you through. Initiative will. And we all have good intentions, right? The good intentions are, yeah, I really thought about anniversary. I just, I just didn't follow through. But in my heart, I thought about you all day. How far is that going to get you? Uh, do you hear what I'm saying? I mean, my, my intent was to be nice. My intent was to, you know, take out the trash. My intent was to clean my room. And then all parents go, well, it, as long as it was your intent, you had, do you have the best intentions? No, 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 no. 
No, if they're talking that way at eight, we're saying, hey, you're paying rent now. I don't care about best intentions. So what we do is, is we, we have to look at what is the key? Initiative. Uh, initiative is the power or ability to begin or to follow through with a plan or task. It's energetic determination. Intention is what one intends to do or bring about. It implies little more than what one has in mind to do or bring about. In other words, there's not a lot of weight carried in that, in that definition. Amen? You guys hear what I'm saying? All right. So our, 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 what it comes down to is, I believe, is our belief system must align up to God's word. It's got to change. You, you don't change until belief system changes. And the key to that success is tied to the very beginning when, when you said, I believe in Jesus. I call it Jesus. I believe in you. The moment you did that, Scripture makes it very clear that you have become a new creation. A new creation. And that is the time when new information must go into that new creation. And I know churches have really screwed this up because Religion doesn't recognize common sense. It doesn't get it. So what it does, it stays on the religious program of we're Christians. And you should know that, or you should do that. And if you don't know, read the Bible. And if you, get, if you don't do that, pray more. And it just lists all these goofy statements that will not produce a mature person. Could you imagine my child coming up to you one years old and, and having a difficult time and I'll just say, well, read the book more. And they're like going, I, I don't even know what spot is. So the thing is, is we don't even do that in the natural. But we do that with the Christians, the Christian faith. And it's really goofy. I mean, very goofy. But as far as biblically, when you're looking at the Bible, it isn't even... I mean, the picture of the church is so different than the picture of what you see at church. It's a whole different concept. It's a whole different mindset. The people come in with a different attitude because it's not like this isn't just, it's something where they're going to with understanding that uh, they could be arrested and killed in any moment. And so they're still going. They're still gathering. And they're gathering to what? To hear life that pertains to them. Not, not, they're not going to hear a Bible story. They're not, they're not going to hear, you know, some eloquent teaching that aligns up with the, 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 the things that our society is dealing with. No. They need to know how to live, get up in the morning and provide and, and to, to get through this life that's filled with still kill and destruction. And so we need to recognize our responsibility to pay attention correctly to the Word of God. That's why I can't wait for Saturday. I mean, I'm looking forward to it because even how I start this thing off will, will bring enlightenment to your life to where you're going, I, don't need, I never even thought about this. And that's what I like to do. I like to get people to go, gosh, this is crazy. Because when you ultimately start reading this information, start seeing it, and then putting truth, historical truth behind this information, it, you start going, oh my gosh. And, and it just reveals a whole lot to where I believe our ability to retain, everybody say retain. I believe the ability to retain information becomes more powerful because you're realizing that 
wait a minute, they're, they're getting it this way and we've got all this. How come we aren't retaining? And it'll help us be like Jesus said, do you have ears to hear? And we need to get back to those basics of, I need to prep my heart. I need to realize what, what it's going to take for me to accomplish life. I need to be, be up, I, I need to be in my best game. And all of us should have that attitude, every one of us, okay? So our, our belief system must, must change for sure. You know, um, excuses that I've heard over the years are always tied to uh, the, what people believe are Bible truths that are not true at all. And a lot of times when people, you know, through the years I've heard this one probably quite a bit. This is one of the top ones. And that is you're trying to get them to accomplish or to do something or to follow through with information so that they will get out of the, the, the place they're in. And a lot of times I've heard this, well, I'm waiting on the Lord. And I know many of you probably in here have used that. I'm waiting on the Lord. The problem is, is your definition is 100% contrary to the Bible. But it sounds spiritual. You know, I'm just waiting on the Lord. And I guarantee you, you can go to the Psalms and show us that, see, it's here in the Bible. I guarantee you can. And you're using it in that way. Well, you know, I'm not gonna do anything because I'm waiting on God. The problem is, is that's not even what the Bible teaches. And that statement isn't even how it's defined. It's how you define the word wait, not how the, the Bible defines the word wait. And there's a problem. But you got your Bible. You should know you have a Bible. Yeah, see how that screws you over? Because everything you do is by definition. Everybody. everybody. Everything you do is by definition. You can read the term love. And guess what? All of us in here are going to have a different definition. Now, what, what's the problem? That is the problem. Well, what's the key? We've got to get to what's God's definition. And then all of a sudden, you become center into a place of where it'll bring success. It'll bring life and life more abundantly. But based upon your opinion, your definition, you're going to read the Bible with that definition. Well, love means you need to put me first. <laughs> See what I'm saying? All of a sudden, that's how we do things. So what happens is wait on the Lord. First and foremost, if you look at, uh, here's the world definition of wait, to remain inactive or a state of repose, to allow time to go by until something happens or until you can do something. Well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Yeah, how's that working for you? Because you're the ones that are saying that not much is working for you. You still don't have that job. You still can't pay your bills. I'm just waiting on the Lord, waiting on Jesus. He's far away. It's taken him a while, but I'm waiting on Jesus. It's so stupid. It is. And people say that with a spiritual attitude. Let me give you the Bible definition of the word wait. It's kavah. It literally means to look for with eager expectation. The true Translated word should be hope, faith. And it is, by the way, a verb. 
So if you're sitting around waiting for God to do something, that is not even the Bible. It's literally used in the, well, the word, this scripture where it says, but those who wait on the Lord, you know that one? But those who wait on the Lord, pastor, look what will happen. He shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings of the eagles. They shall run. Yeah, you're reading something exactly what Bible, hope, Bible, wait is saying. Yeah, you're going to be doing this because you are what? You're operating in faith. You're not sitting back waiting. They shall. Well, one day I shall. Once you put me on that eagle, Jesus, you set me on that eagle, we'll go flying. But see, that's how dumb, that goofy this stuff is, is because religion literally will rob you of your ability to get the answer, bring freedom in your life. And I understand a lot of people, you've been taught wrong, but you ain't at that church anymore, so don't bring your garbage in here. I mean, seriously. The, the, I, I, you have a family? You don't bring the neighbors in and say, hey, tell us how to live our lives. Do you do that? I don't believe there's one, no family in here. But you want to come in with your ugly attitude and dictate that to me? No. You want to take your church's attitude, go back to that church that you didn't like in the first place. I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. This is our family. Learn our family ways. And I'll tell you what, it's going to bring success for your life. Success in your life, in your, your family, in your marriage. It will bring what I believe Jesus came to give us. Life and life more abundantly. Amen. I believe with all my heart. I believe with all my heart. So we start looking at these facts and scriptures and we start realizing, okay, why do most people don't make it? And I, these are uh, five natural principles. Five natural principles, and this is proven about how people are. And the five things are this. Number one is a lack of persistence. A lack of persistence. So why don't people have change? Why do not people fulfill that desire, that dream, that resolution? Because they have a lack of persistence. That's the first thing. They fail not because they lack knowledge or talent, they fail, they fail because they don't keep going, pressing in. Are you guys hearing me? They just quit. Bible definition is this. Persistence is to grab hold of and not let go. To pursue hard to overtake something. So see, what I'm trying to say is this. is You, wanna, you have to look at this goal, this desire, this dream I want to accomplish, you've got to recognize that success demands persistence. Because you're going to get knocked back. You're going to trip. You're going to fall. Nothing we have on this earth, nothing we have that we love and enjoy was created with perfection with no problems in the whole evolution of its creation. The vehicles you love had Millions of failures before it could even drive on a road. Ask Henry Ford. Well, you can't. He's dead. I'm telling you right now. Nothing, everything. Your iPhones, everything. Everything had failure upon failure after failure. But ultimately, we have this finished product, which apparently isn't perfect because next year is going to be 14, then 15, then 16, then 17. I believe that they already have 20 made and they're just making us wait. 
That's what I believe. I believe they already got, they got 20 all day. 20, set it down and it walks with you. But we got to wait because we got to wait for the next one, the next one, the next one. They're playing with us. They're playing with us, I'm telling you. So we, we recognize we have to have persistence. Number two is lack of conviction. Lack of conviction. That's an important one because conviction is what drives you in, in, in this life that helps you stay in a straight line. Now, conviction is not necessarily a good word or a bad word. Conviction is that belief that you have a difficulty in changing. So you could have conviction that does you do bad things. You make bad choices because of your conviction or your training, your belief system. Are you guys hearing that? So just the word conviction doesn't mean, oh, that means everything good. It doesn't. You know, it's how, how you're raised, how you're trained, and then that conviction guides you. And, and, and don't get me wrong, we need this because this is how life is lived. We need to be able to taught. I, I know, listen, growing up, I remember kids that could say words we couldn't say. And when I heard them say those words, man, inside I was going, ooh, ooh. And I'd do ooh louder if my mom or dad were around. Ooh, ooh, you know. I mean, uh, serious. But those things were, were, were taught us and that's the Christian faith. This is where religion really, you know, screws with people is because they start using the Holy Spirit in the area where it's not the Holy Spirit because they want to now say the Holy Spirit convicts you of sins, which is not true. It's not biblically true. Your conviction comes from your own spirit, your born-again spirit, and what you're trained in. Have you noticed there's people that can be convicted wearing makeup? Women, convicted of wearing, I mean, literally, or they're, if their dress is higher than their ankle, and, and, and if they pulled that dress up or didn't wear, you know, put on some makeup, they'd be convicted. Was that the Holy Spirit? I said, is that the Holy Spirit? Well, then go to a different style church, and guess what's going to happen? Different convictions. Are you guys saying this? So you can't, if, listen, if the Holy Spirit's conviction, convicting, every church is the same. That'll help you. That's another teaching that I guess some of you need to hear again because you're, you're like going, you don't know the Bible, but let's move on, all right? So conviction is people want, but they don't really believe. They'd rather take an easy path, you know, the, the path of least resistance. And, and that's because they don't have conviction. They don't have that, that thing that says, you know what? I've got to get this done. I've got to get this done. And it's something where I believe, well, I can't move into that. I could go into other areas on my, uh, my belief system tied to why people do that, but we'll get into a couple of them in a second, okay? The third thing is this, rationalization. Rationalization. See, winners analyze. They're going to analyze. But losers rationalize. And what happens is, is we, if we continue to make excuses for why, that, that's not, a winner's going to fail or have failure, but they're going to analyze the reasons why, not make an excuse of why not. Well, you know, let's stop, let's don't do it anymore. 
And that's the problem is, is when you start rationalizing, you, you start going backwards, not forwards. It's easy to rationalize, is it not? I mean, it's easy. I'm not saying, you know, that is, you know, only a few people are dealing with that. But we all can rationalize. But again, I'm trying to say, you know, the problem is, is I just, I don't want to go through life with a book full of excuses, you know? I mean, how, that's what this society is, is being literally trained to live their lives like. You owe me. How do I owe you? How do I owe you, you know? And, but again, this is a society that's it's trying to literally destroy, you know, this country that are raised on God principles for our success that produced our success. And we already know you start flipping on that stuff, you go downhill. That you don't get, you know, you, you, things go bad, not good. And that is fruit, amen? That's fruit of bad policy, fruit of bad, you know, action. Good action, we're going to produce good fruit, amen? Always remember that. You can't be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever person sows, they're going to reap. That includes, you know, governments. So we need some good sowing going on to start reaping some good stuff. Amen? Amen. So the Bible in this area, uh, rationalization, talks about it depreciates, declines, shuns, avoids, makes excuses, refuse, reject. It's, it's an emotional summation of something. It's, it's not based upon fact. And that's what you have to understand. We make excuses just based upon feeling. And that's something we can't do. Number four is we hold on to past failures. And my goodness, we can all attest to that. Amen. You know, you, you messed up 2020. You didn't even go for it. I mean, you started, but heck, 2020. 2021, you're still trying to reel yourself in. So you're going to do not as, not as bold statements because you're not sure of 21. 2022, you know, it's the same thing. It's, it's, we're not going into a year with the right attitude. And the right attitude is, is what does the world have to do with what you want to accomplish? Since when does that affect here? It doesn't unless you allow it. So you've got to determine you know, this, this is about me and my life. This is about me and my family. This is about us being able to get to the next level in our lives that, that will help us have meaning, purpose in life. Amen? Yeah. So those are important to understand that. When you uh, continue to look backwards, you will always have an expectation of failure. It's just there. That's why most people have a hard time going forward because they keep reminding themselves of their past. And we need to press on. Philippians 3.13 says this, let go of the past. Forget those things which are behind, reach forward to the things which are ahead. Amen? Forget the past. Listen, we have an issue with this. I could spend months on this, this one right now, just going over and over and over this, but it's if you can reveal your past like it's fresh, you got some issues. 
And you've got to get rid of that stuff. You literally have to let it go. And I know everybody can, you know, get in line and tell us how terrible the issue was and the reason why they need to hold on to it. I can tell you, it's not as bad as what Paul went through and what he had to release, all right? He, he'd be killing Christians and Jesus. I mean, that, 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 you haven't accomplished any, You haven't done anything that bad, okay? But the point is, is we continue to freshen that wound. And anytime, you know, it starts scabbing up, man, we get our nails out and start ripping on it again. Why? Because that's the nature of the flesh. That's the carnal nature. And it, it's destroying you. Let it go, okay? Can you let it go? Please let it go. Number five, poor self-esteem. This is, the, this is probably the main one out of all, poor self-esteem. I believe that scripture makes it crystal clear on God wanting to change how we see ourselves in a big way. If you look at Jesus, let's pay attention just to the life of Jesus. Uh, we know, I mean, just through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you can see there's the seven great I am's. I mean, it's something like, you know, you learn this in elementary Bible school. The seven great I am's that Jesus confesses and says. Now, what's interesting is he's making these confessions but they aren't confessions. These statements he makes aren't things that people are going, oh, yeah, you are. Yeah, that's, that's who you are. And we don't look at Jesus making those statements as something other than, well, he's God in the flesh. He's making statements who he is. Let's common sense it. He's walking on this earth going, I am the bread of life. Come on. Are you serious? What, what does that mean? You're the bread of life. But that's what he's saying. I am the bread of life. Now think about that because why is Jesus making that statement when he already knows they don't have a clue what he's saying? I am life. I am truth. He, he, he makes these statements. I am the good shepherd. And he makes these I am's, but we don't look at it the way I believe we should look at it. And that is, look at what Jesus is trying to fulfill and he's outwardly making statements that people don't really see. I'll tell you what. Here, I'll agree with you. I am the son of Mary. I got that. I am from Nazareth. Ooh, got that one. Are you guys hearing me? I am a carpenter. And I worked with my dad, Joseph. All right, I got that. I am. See, we, in the natural, say that, Jesus, and we will all agree. Are you guys listening to me? Are you listening to me, live stream? We will say, I agree, Jesus, but Jesus ain't looking for agreement, and neither should you. Why are you concerned about them agreeing with you? You can say, I am such a loser, and everybody's going to go, yep, we know that about you. I am such a liar. I am so lazy. Come on, come on, talk to us because I guarantee you can get people lined up going, it's a fact, it's true, that's who she is. Yeah, and what scripture are you standing by to continue to talk that way? Where are you, what, what are you believing in the kingdom of God that lines up with that type of, uh, of, of reaction about your life? If Jesus can go around making statements, then everybody goes, what? What? Why do you say, well, I am? Why is he doing that? Because again, he's doing what we need to be doing. He's speaking to himself. This is who I am. 
This is who I am. Guarantee he had, he had thoughts of, yeah, you're, you're Joseph's son, and yeah, this happened, and yeah, you were brought up this way, and yeah, yeah, you're born here. These natural things, you might be going, come on, that's Jesus. Exactly. And if you knew the word, you wouldn't have said what you just said. Come on, that's Jesus. Because you would also understand that he was tempted in every, every point, every area that we will ever be tempted. Whatever temptation you've had, Jesus had the main temptation of the temptation. He's already had all of them. So why would he have those temptations? Because he was in the flesh, in this world, and those temptations came at him. Which, by the way, the temptation, we already deemed us dirty. Well, do, is that the way you judge Jesus? He was tempted. Now, the reason why we do that is because we keep losing on the temptation. We keep losing. I mean, we tempt and we're going, okay, what do you want me to eat? Okay, what do you want me to do? Okay, okay, I'll even go further. I'll do three of them. And so we're following through with the temptations. So we assume that temptation is a sin. No, it isn't. It isn't. And if you could get that clear up here, you would stop following through with, I've already lost. Come on, somebody, this is good. Are you guys getting this? Amen. So you can't label yourself based upon your past. You can't get in that position of, well, this is who I am. You keep talking that way, you'll never change. You're never going to change. I'm going to say it again. You will never change, ever. You keep talking this way about yourself. I'm just this way, and I'm just this way, and I know I'm this, and I'm this, and I'm this. Exactly. That's who you are. Yeah, but I want to. I don't care what you want to. You keep telling everybody who you are. What is that? How does that make you feel? Well, I'm so fat. And everybody goes, yeah, you are. You don't want that. You're wanting self-pity, right? Oh, you're not, you, got, you gained, you know, a couple 30 pounds, but that you're not fat. <laughs> you're not fat. You know. Do you guys hear how we work, how our society is? We're, we're literally making comments, but we don't want anyone agreeing with it. We want sympathy, pity party. We want everybody to go, oh, that's okay. Just don't ever change. That's what we're looking for. Come on. Stop it. Stop it now. Quit it. No more of this. No more of this. It's time to start speaking like Jesus spoke and start saying these words. Everybody looks at you and go, what? No, you're Joseph's son. You're not the son of God. Come on. You're Joseph's son. <laughs> I mean, that's, just, that's how the world is. And we're so, you're right, I'm not. <laughs> and then we all go into hell because he didn't go to the cross because he believed the fool that he's just Joseph's son. Okay, moving right along. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? All right, so we gotta understand that. Let, let me give you this scripture. This scripture freaks, this one freaked me out. When I first heard this one, I thought, how do you get out of that one? I'm going to read a scripture that's like, like it's in scripture and some have heard it, some haven't heard it, but when people hear it, it's almost like, well, there's got to be another de uh, definition of what it's saying. You guys ready for this? All right. Second Peter 1, 2. 
Pay attention to how it's written. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. How many would love grace in abundance? How many would love peace in abundance? I can tell you how to get it. That's not my message, but I'll tell you how to get it right now. You ready to, you ready to get mega grace and mega peace in your life? Through the knowledge and God and our Lord Jesus Christ. How do I get it? Learn about the real God. Learn about the Bible Jesus. Not religion, not opinions, not feelings. Learn what the scripture teaches and what happens. It produces multiplied peace. It produces multiplied grace. And that's why when you see someone that knows the word of God, they, man, they walk in this peace and grace where you're like going, how do you do it? Because I got information about who he is. I got information about my Jesus. Amen. You get that stuff. It's like, like I, I've said this many, many times. I know how much God loves me. It is, it, I, I know it. Now, it took years to get to where I'm at right now of knowing. I could go rob a bank and still know that God is madly in love with me. Now, I wouldn't do that, but I could do that. No doubt. Now, you might be, how, how? Because I know what the word of God says about me. And you might be thinking, oh, come on. If you went out and did that, then God would have it. No, no, no. See, that's why you have a problem. You don't know the Bible. And the Bible says his great love for me was when I didn't even believe in him. So how do you get greater than great love for me? But see, they don't want to read those type of scriptures because it loses the power of religion, legalism, and works. Are you all with me? All right. It says here, verse 3, his divine power, whose divine power? God's divine power has given us some things we need for life and godliness. Oh, what? Oh, it says all things? That's crazy talk. What do you mean all things? It can't be all things. Only some things. Is yours say all things? I need a different translation then. No, it says all things. How many things? Everything. God has given us his divine power, everything we need. We what? Everything we need. Everybody say need. Does, does it say everything we want? Or does it say everything we need? I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Does it say everything we need or everything we want? Exactly. Everything we need for what? Life and godliness. Living the God kind of life. That's what godliness is. Not, not you're going to start walking holy. Dressing holy. Eating holy. That's not godliness. That's religious. That's wrong translation. That's wrong definition. Godliness is living God kind of life. Life in God kind of life. Amen? Everything we need for life and God. How do we do that? How do we do it? Through God's anointing. Through, through, through God giving us special things. No. No, how? Through knowledge. Gnosko, taking in information as the information is taking in, you're building upon that information to the place of understanding. That's what the Greek speaks. 
Are you guys getting this? And by the way, that's normal everyday life of when we were born on this earth and living on this earth. That's how we learn. That's how we get to, I know that question, teacher. Pick me, pick me, pick me. Right? Because we receive the process. So it says, through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness, that through these, he has given us very great and precious promises. That one, many. So that through them, through what? The promises, you may participate. What? Where is he going with this? In the divine nature of God. Huh? What in the world did he just say? You want to become more like Jesus? You want to become more like your father, God? What's it going to take? Get those promises working in your life. How do you get those promises working in your life? What do you believe? Do you believe they belong to you? Do you believe they're yours? Do you believe that what Jesus said he meant? Do you believe on the cross that he took your sickness and disease? Well, what are you doing? Are you waiting for something that you already have? I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to start believing? Because that's all it's going to take. It's going to take you to believe that this promise is yours. It belongs to you. And what happens? The divine nature of God starts operating in your life. That through these, these precious promises we may participate, partake in the divine nature. And what does that do? Escape the corruption, the destruction in the world caused by evil desires. When you are believing and receiving the promise of God, it's taking you to a place of of strength, stability to be able to go, no, I'm not going that way. The world doesn't have anything for me. That world, it can't offer me any. I got God's promise. This The world, you can't give me what God can give me meeting all my needs. Are you guys hearing? That's what we have to understand. So we've got to receive the word of God. Let, listen, let God's word define you, not you, not your friend, not your neighbor, not your husband, not your wife. Let God's word define you. This is so important. Parents, so important for you to get a hold of because you've got to get a hold of this so your kids can see this. So they can realize, wait a minute, I know they're not perfect, but the life they're living gives me great hope. Matthew 9, 27. I'm going to give you a story of something that's very impacting. I read this a few weeks ago, and I go, man, there's a massive, massive message in this. I stopped myself, and I was like going, gosh, When you really look at the scripture and pay attention, things come out, you're like going, what? And this is what this did this to me. And I I started reading other contexts to the scripture. I was going, oh my gosh. I started seeing other things. I was going, this is is crazy. Jairus, his daughter, and then you got the woman that's hemorrhaging issue of blood. And even in that, I'm looking at that, I'm seeing all these different amazing things. And then all of a sudden you get these two blind guys. And these two blind guys, they amazed me because of this story. And I thought, there's deep teaching in this because of 
Why is it here? Because Jesus healed, healed blind people. And we got this. Jesus departed from there. And this is right after Jairus', Jairus daughter, the 12-year-old girl that died. And he rose again. The woman with 12 years of hemorrhaging touched the hem of his garment and was healed. And Jesus said, your faith made you whole. Jesus said to Jairus, only believe. Everything we're seeing is this position of this faith you have. We're not even talking about born-again Christians. We're talking about people in the Old Testament. I know that's, that goes above most people's heads, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are Old Testament. It's not New Testament. I know it says New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but they are not New Testament. They're Old Testament. New Testament starts after the resurrection. That's the beginning of the New Testament. Y'all got that? All right, just so you understand that. Because that's what the problem is, is people start defining the gospel as a New Testament, but it's Old Testament. So you're going to start screwing things over and start, and start talking about Old Testament uh, end time events and putting in New Testament or church time. And it doesn't work that way. But that's why you got a lot of wacko belief systems on, you know, last days and end times and all that. It's because people don't get this word correctly. But he says here, when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him. Stop right there. Let's pay attention. Because <laughs> I, I, I just, for me, I, start, I restart and I go, what? <laughs> I start going, what are you two blind guys? How are they going to follow him? And then everybody wants to input, well, they had people with them. Now, I don't believe that. Otherwise, because the word is good as the guy was lame and his friends took him up in the bed and let him, they, they don't, it's not like the guy was blame, lame lit in a bed and he went to Jesus. No, if there were other guys involved, it'd say other guys involved. So I these two blind guys together are like going, why is this important? Because they can't see, but they can hear. And they're using, this is what I'm saying. I read this stuff and all of a sudden I get, this revelation starts pouring out on me. And I thought, my gosh, he's talking to me right now. And you're like going, what? Are you blind, pastor? No, the whole, the whole testimony or the whole teaching of faith is about believing before you see. And so here are these blind guys, they're hearing. It's not about seeing, they're hearing and they're believing. So what do they do? It says, and they follow Jesus. Crying out, this is, the, I looked that up because them making crying out it wasn't shouting, it was crying, krazel. And what that is, is literally a scream. It, it'd be used for a woman delivering a baby. And usually that's not, oh, ooh. It's usually, I hate you! Ah, like demon possession, all right? <laughs> so, so this is exactly what's happening out of them, and they're screaming out. And, and, and it says here, son of David... Have mercy on us, two blind guys. Now think about that. This is in the scripture, and we need to learn from the two blind guys. Because they're 
following Jesus and screaming out and shrieking, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm a blind guy, I'm going, hey, I'm blind. Fix it. <laughs> Fix my want. I want to see. But this is the instruction. This is the teaching. Because you're not going to see that in Scripture. Because Scripture doesn't teach that God is going to fulfill your wants. You're not going to find it. There's no Scripture that says, give God your wants. There isn't. And I can guarantee you, if you follow through with the process of wants, you really see that the wants rob you of your need. Yeah, but I want those rims. No, you need to get out of debt. You see how, see what I'm saying? See, God, God works in mysterious ways. No, God works correctly. He ain't gonna give you what you want. He wants to get you what you need. So that you can get those rims right. And your kids aren't going to have to, you know, eat ramen noodles because you wanted shiny new rims. I ain't talking about anybody in this church, but there's a lot of other churches out there. They're like that. Now, if anybody's got new rims, they're going to be like going, throwing dirt on them. (laughs) Moving right along. All right. They were screaming, son of mercy. I mean, Sunday day, have mercy on us. Again, not fix our wants. Take care of the blindness. No. This is pretty powerful. And when he had come into the house, oh, dude, that right there is, that's sort of like cold, right? You don't tell me Jesus can't hear them. <laughs> oh, he can hear them. And he keeps on walking. Now, you might be thinking, yeah, but what's this? How do I think? Pay attention to the story. I got two blind men that are screaming at the top of their lungs. You know, you, everybody, even the disciples are going, shut up, dude. You know they are, because that's what the, those disciples are always doing that. It was right before that, the woman issued blood touches Jesus. Power leaves Jesus. Jesus goes, who touched me? And the disciples go, what, are you crazy? Everybody is. That's literally what they said. You gotta be kidding me. Everybody's touching you. So you know they're like going, shut up, dude. You guys screaming like women. I mean, just going all crazy. And then what happens? Jesus continues and goes into a house. What's up with this story? Because all I know is Jesus ain't stopping. Two blind men. Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on us! Have mercy on us! Wait, we're over here. Have mercy on us! And they keep going. And they keep going. And all of a sudden, people are going, oh, he went in the house. What did these two guys do? We're going in the house. Why? Because they want to get to the place where needs are met. And that is in front of Jesus. They want to get in with Jesus. They want to get before Jesus. You got to understand something, people. You want to, you want to have needs met. You got to get close to Jesus. You can't get outside the house. You can't get behind the crowd. You got to press in. You got to persist. You got to say, you know what? Nothing's stopping me. My blindness ain't going to stop. I can hear and I can speak. Jesus! 
I can't see nothing, but it doesn't matter. I can hear and I can speak. Are you guys hearing me? I can hear and I can speak. A lot of times me seeing screws things up. Screws things up. I think sometimes we need to just close our eyes and start believing. Recognize that's where we need to get. We need to get where, where, where the scripture says, and God calls those things that be not. That literally word means commands with authority, speaks with authority, that be not. As though they were. What do you need in your life? You already know that need. I'm not talking about want. I'm talking about need. You already know. You need something right now. And then what are you doing about it? Because if you're begging, you're not operating in your covenant. If you're crying, you're not operating your covenant. What you need is start getting persistent, aggressive, like these blind men, get in front of Jesus and say, hey, this belongs to me. So I want you to know that I understand it belongs to me and I receive it because it's mine. And you get aggressive and you get downright tenacious like scripture teaches in the Greek language. You get hold of that thing and you don't let go. It's yours. It belongs to you. How do I know? Because Jesus went to the cross and on the third day rose again. That's how I know. All these promises of God are yes and amen. And one promise is this, is by the stripes of Jesus, you were in the, in the Old Testament, is you, I mean, you were healed. In the, next, in the New Testament, is you are healed. Yes. Amen? Yes. It belongs to you. Yes. A prosperity belongs to you. It's just you, you getting once in front of them, they're, they're compromising your needs. Wow. Your wants are robbing you of your needs. God's wanting to get you success. He's wanting to prosper you. He's wanting to have more than enough, but your wants get in the way. The Bible is not a Bible of want fixing. I don't, I've never read anything where, you know, Scripture says, but what do you want? No, it's not there. Actually, David even said that, that God is my shepherd. I shall not want. Why? Because his needs are met. You don't have wants when your needs are met. You can take care of your wants because your needs are met. You guys seeing this? Oh, man. These guys didn't, they persisted. They had conviction. Their past wasn't holding them back. Are you guys seeing this? They kept pressing in. They didn't rationalize. Well, I guess he doesn't care. Well, he's gone in the house. He just, we're not going to get healed. I guess that's just the will of God. And what happens? They go in. And they're in. Two blind guys standing, standing right where Jesus. You know what Jesus said? This is what's amazing to me. He says this. Do you believe I can do this? He didn't even say, do you believe I can give you sight? He already knew where their faith was. How do we know where their faith was? First of all, they're saying son of David. So that in itself is saying we know where he came from. And we know the Messiah comes from that house. And we also know, we've heard, we've heard the religious, we heard the Pharisees, we heard them all read Isaiah before. And Isaiah says, and the Messiah, he's going to heal the blind. Yeah. 
He's going he's to heal the blind. And we already know that. We know that's Old Testament. We've heard it all our lives. You know, even people coming by, hey, you know, the Messiah comes. One day you get blind. They didn't even believe the Messiah coming, but they use that scripture. So you know they come walking in there going, Son of David, have mercy on us. Not heal the blindness, take care of our want. Man, they're speaking covenant language. Jesus loves covenant language. And Jesus goes, do you believe I can? And they said, yes. And he said, boom, go. Go in your belief. Go what, what you believe. And they both received their sight. I said, they both received their sight. Why? Because they believed. They believed, amen? They believed. Jesus said to them, do you believe I'm able to do this? Do you believe I'm able to do this? They said, yes, Lord. He touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Eyes were open. According to who? According to the power that operates in my body. According to me being God Almighty. No. According to your faith. Old Testament. And now we got God living in us. And we're so afraid to walk in that authority. And in the Old Testament, Jesus is proclaiming, walk in that authority just by covenant right. Just by covenant right. And now I got a blood-bought covenant and I'm afraid to say, this belongs to me. It's time to stop. It's time to start. Yeah. It's time to stop. It's time to start. You start speaking it. You start believing it. You start quit waiting to see it. I need to see it. No, no. So you start speaking it. Start speaking it. Don't worry about seeing it. Start speaking it. I am. I'm whole. I'm healed. I'm energetic. I can't get up and do all things that I need to do today. Start adding truth to Scripture. Don't I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know how many people I've heard that that don't do nothing and never have nothing? I'm telling you. I don't say this facetiously. I've been doing this a long time. I've seen it hundreds upon hundreds of people. Quoting Scripture and nothing ever happening. It's belief, not the scripture. Scripture's not magical. One plus one isn't magical. It works if you go two. Did you guys get that? All right. The power of God's word is when we believe God's word. Are you guys getting something this morning? Because I want us to have change. I want us to have success. Listen, ultimately it comes down to this. 2022, what is it the year of? Are any of you missing out on this right now? Because if you can say, yeah, well, we're still in 2022. Let's get busy. Let's go beyond. What is it that you're needing to go beyond it? I'm not asking once. You know it's a right need. It's a need that, that you need to start getting information to help you do the right thing. Start taking care of how to, you know, work a credit card correctly. How, start doing things right. People, people always ask me, well, well what, what really establishes a spiritual person? Integrity? Character? Because I've seen all the freaky spiritual people that are liars, deceivers, backbiters, and they, they, they play the spiritual part, but they're just, they're, they're gross. I want people that are Real. You had a bad day, you're not afraid to go, my day sucks today. But you know what? I serve a big God. Good for you. Good for you. But anything else, it's just play. It's, 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 you're, you're, you've been religionized and now you're trying to promote yourself in a certain way. 
It's just not worth it. You want this information in, just like your children, you want them to get the information so they can start living it. You're not demanding them to know sixth grade stuff in second grade, but you're expecting them to get there. That's my father for your life. Same exact way. He's expecting you to get there. Oh, Saturday, I'll give you a little bit of that too. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. We need to get to the position where we submit and follow Jesus. Amen. It ultimately comes down to, are we going to believe this or are we just going to keep, you know, walking this life that's just so, just goofy. I think it's time for us just to, okay, I, I, I read you just a little verse, a couple verses about two blind men, and I don't know, it, it impacted my life in a massive way. I, don't, I can't tell you how many times I can't. It, it's innumerable in my ability to say how many times I've read that. And I don't even ever think I've ever taught on that specific, specific, specific. I, I don't. But man, I read that and I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Because this is a just this massive trumpet of this is how you change. Yeah. In those couple verses, I'm going, man, God, you are so good. Yeah. That's why I like to get myself out of the way and let God just do this whole thing. I'm like, go, all right, go, let's go for it. Let's go for it. What are we going to do today? What are we going to receive? What, what information am I going to get today? This is how I say who I am. This isn't, this isn't pre-programmed, I got my scissors done for the full year. This is life. This is how I do it. And this is why I can stay the way I am. It's not fake. It's real. It's who I am. You saw it this way six months ago, six years ago. It's the same guy. Is it someone, you know, came in our church 25 years ago. They come in and go, man, you have changed. You know, I, well, well, I had to change for the better, a little bit. I mean, there had to be some change, but I mean, I get your message part. But the point is, is... You know, I, I, it's the word of God and it's what can do for you. And I want, I want great things for you. I want 2022 to be just this awesome, amazing year to where, and like I said, it's the beyond part. It's the part where you've never been there before. How wonderful to hear you talk about the place you've never been before. Isn't it, it just in the natural? It's like when we, my family, we went to, um, I've already forgot the place. What's the place called we went to? Um, I got Yellowstone. Is it Yellowstone, right? Yeah, Yellowstone. Yellowstone Park. See, she didn't even remember either. Very awesome place when you remember. Um, Yellowstone. And seeing Yellowstone was, it's just crazy. It just, it's remarkable. It's so beautiful. Watching Old Faithful shooting up in the ground and, and just, just the whole atmosphere of, of what we got to be a part of and then coming back and telling people about it. It was so cool. And, I, you know, like I, I was telling, you know, Pastor Larry's going, and he's been there before. He goes, yeah, isn't that great? But he got to hear the beyond. And it's, it brings excitement. It, gets, it got him excited. He's like going, I want to go back. But that's what I'm saying when we're able to talk about beyond, when we're able to tell people about that line we crossed and how wonderful it is, 
think of what it will do for each one of us. Think about what it will stir in our lives that you got there. And it'll, and it'll get us to the place. If we, we've been there, let's get to another one. Let's keep pressing in. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you. Thank you.